Rolling into a Wednesday. Welcome in here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Getting ready for Oklahoma, West Virginia this weekend. And uh, evening ball game in Norman. Are you ready for an evening game in uh, Owen Field this Saturday? Are you ready? You asking me? Yeah. I don't like evening kicks, Steely. Get you home too late? Is that it? Or and again, it's all a matter of perspective. Because I know day. You, like evening kicks are awesome for the fans. They're awesome for recruits. Selfishly, I hate them yeah. because it means I'm up till three in the morning. So, you know, you work hard for the money. You definitely work hard for the money. All right, uh, we got a lot of things going on today. We're getting ready for the Sooners and the Mountaineers six o'clock on Fox Saturday night, and Oklahoma is a thirteen point favorite, trying to end. Uh, that two-game losing streak, and Oklahoma, again, has been its own worst enemy. Who who did that song? Is that Lit, My Own Lit, Worst Enemy? My Own Worst Enemy, yes. Yeah, I guess maybe we'll have to play that. But uh, the Sooners, again, with a bunch of turnovers, they weren't turning it over very much earlier in the season. Their turnover margin was really good. It's still pretty decent, but the last two weeks, not so much, and you get a loss in Lawrence, and you get a loss, a very painful loss for Sooner fans in Stillwater. Now, Parker, I think this is the, of the three regular season games remaining, I think this is the toughest test for Oklahoma. And I know you have to go on the road to Provo, but West Virginia's got a really good offensive line and they're playing with some confidence right now. And uh, the Sooners are still a little bit banged up, so they're going to have to work hard to get this win, I think. They will. And West Virginia's a good football team, a football team that's a Hail Mary away from being 7-2 and two and maybe nationally ranked. So, they're not scrubs. The reality is Oklahoma is more talented top to yep. bottom than West Virginia, but they were, they were more win. talented than Kansas. They were more talented than Oklahoma State. They lost both of those football games. So you got some cleaning up to do. That much is evident. And now it becomes about what lessons did you learn from these two losses that you can apply this weekend to make sure you don't go 0 for 3 against Kansas, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. Three teams that you have dominated historically, but that have an opportunity to have the scoreboard on you for who knows how long because they beat you in your final matchup as Big 12 opponents. Oklahoma's always going to get everybody's best shot, but particularly in this last year in the Big 12, it's going to be taken to the the ultimate extreme. West Virginia's coming in pretty confident again. Neil Brown has said, you know, he's got a pretty good football team this year. That offensive line against the Sooner defensive line is going to be the key matchup to watch. Uh, And the Sooners, again, you just can't make the mistakes that they've been making and win football games against pretty good football teams. Here's what Brent said yesterday at the presser about – OU's margin of victory right now is still pretty small. Hold on. One moment. No problem. I got to get Brent ready. Okay, here's Brent Venables. Here we go. You know, that's where we're at. So don't do the things that will absolutely punish you. And, uh, and again, through seven, through seven games, we didn't turn the ball over. And the game will honor you for that. And the flip side, I, I, I make it that simple. Because, again, the, the, when, when you turn the ball over, everything else just gets highlighted. All the other mistakes that are there, even through 7-0, and 0, you know, nobody's seeing that because they just see a W. And, uh, but we, even in those SMU, Texas, Cincinnati, there was nothing easy about those games. Nothing. You know? And we had to fight all the way to the fourth quarter to find a way to win. But we won. We took care of the football. And, and that's the name of the game. So... Uh, you know, there's always 
all these underlying issues that sometimes aren't necessarily under the same microscope. And but when you when you lose, uh, or certainly their turnovers enhance your opportunity to lose. Now every now all these other warts can be exposed, and uh, that's just not at Oklahoma. It's it's just football, and you know we we don't we don't have our head in the sand of what those might be, and uh, we may not uh, get the result that we want or everybody else wants as fast as everybody might want. But we're uh, we recognize whatever those are. We understand our where our weaknesses are better than anybody else. There you go, Brent Venables. That is the Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central does an unbelievable job. Their full service clinic, street orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. They've been in Norman and Midwest City for a long time now. Now also serving the Tri City area, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. What did we hear from Brent a lot in the preseason? We got to worry. You know, one of the biggest issues we had was Oklahoma beating Oklahoma. And what was another phrase that we heard time and time and time again? Situational football, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We talked as much about situational football and then to have lost the last two games due in large part to poor situational football understandably has folks frustrated right now. The uh, the comment again, Brent, we're on to West Virginia, and then he kind of answered the question that George Stoya asked yesterday about the offense. But uh, they need to be locked in on West Virginia because if you aren't, then all of a sudden this season gets really disappointing quickly. All right? I know Sooner fans are super disappointed right now because you lost what might be the last bedlam for a long time. But you better get locked in on these last three. We said the floor for the regular season, the absolute floor with this schedule, would be 9-3 and three before the season. There you are if you don't win this weekend. So I want to ask you guys on the text line this question today, what is success the rest of the way? Where do you put, where do you draw the line as to what is a successful season right now for Oklahoma? I mean, you could obviously say, win out, go win the Big 12. Okay, we get that. But like, where do you draw the line right now as to what is a success for this Oklahoma Sooner football team this year? Rest of the way, is it ten wins and a and a, a bowl victory? Uh, what do you think? Let us know. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Meyer Chevrolet text line. There's no excuse for not winning out, barring some catastrophic injury, and I'm I don't even you. know who could get hurt that could sideline or derail this team. You don't give up your home field, but, number one, right? Yeah, no, so no, you no. get to you. You presume you're getting two there. You go out to BYU, and BYU won't be easy. I know they beat some. T- they beat. They Tech won't out be there. easy, but they sure won't be hard. That's right. And Tech went out there and turned the ball over five times. That's why they got their butts kicked. Exactly. So we'll see. By the way, it is time to move on. I know you guys are upset. They should have had the call on Drake Stoops. There's no doubt. In the Bedlam game. But the Sooners had plenty of opportunities, again, not to have that game in the hands of the officials and put the game away. I, I saw it last night. I know you saw it, Parker. The uh, <laughs> One of the message boards, Gundy's eyebrows. Rewatching the game today, I kept noticing that Mike Gundy's eyebrows were going up and down weirdly, especially when he's wearing sunglasses. He th- he's either sending signals through Morse code or he has some weird tick, question mark. Now, with some of these, they may be just trying to get on message board geniuses. So you, I don't know if that's 100% authentic, but you got to be thinking about West Virginia. You hope the players are, 
Brent's trying to keep him in that direction. Then you get crazy fans out there. Like my uncle said, he's he is doing a 30 for 30 on the Bedlam game. He sent me this promo this morning. It was a game that was stolen by the officials from Oklahoma State University to the Big 12. It was a total conspiracy. A robbery in Stillwater. Even Mike Gumby admitted the officials were the key to the OSU victory. And then in the end, in my opinion, and that's why we won. 30 for 30 presents a robbery in Stillwater. Coming soon. Apparently that's in production right now. Robbery in Stillwater. 30 for 30. wonder if that'll be one of those short 30 for 30s or what. What do you think? May not may not make it to production. I'm not sure. I didn't realize your uncle got out of legal trouble and into the filmmaking business <laughs> yeah, that's that right. quickly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the bottom line is the Sooners need to win these three games, man. You're better than all these teams. You were better than Kansas. You were better than Oklahoma State. I'm not saying this is a great Oklahoma football team. Some of those teams had a huge margin of error for error in terms of winning games. Even the, the 75 team, as good as they were, man, they, they were loaded, yet they had fumbles, interceptions, blocked punt against Kansas, and you lose at home 23-3. Now, they had like eight turnovers that day. But, you know, many times those great Oklahoma teams could overcome a lot of mistakes. 78, Lincoln, Nebraska, probably have the best team in the country. You fumbled the ball six times. And then uh, Jim Pillen recovers at the three-yard line. All of a sudden, you don't want a national championship. This team, again, it's a good team that needs to play really clean football against good teams to win. And it's worth keeping in mind, the over-under in Vegas on Oklahoma's win total prior to the 2023 season was 9.5. That's right. So you still have an opportunity to hit the over, and at least in the eyes of the bookies, make this season a success. I predicted 10 and 2. You predicted 10 and 2. That's all what we expected. I just I just don't want everybody if 10 and 2 is what Oklahoma ends up with, what I don't want is people that are somehow disappointed with exactly the type of year that they figured would be a success for Oklahoma in preseason because of the way that you got to 10 and 2. Yeah. And At, 10 and 2 with a Bedlam loss stings more. It there's does. no doubt. And that's that's the big factor in this deal. But uh, it's still a 10-2. and two. If you go and play in a good, solid bowl game and you win that and you get to 11-2, and two, maybe you get to the Big 12 championship game, right? I mean, that's the other thing. All this talk about play Jackson Arnold. You still have stuff on the line right now. I love Jackson Arnold. I think he's going to be a great quarterback at Oklahoma. But you still have the potential. How many times in college football have we thought we, we've had things figured out? That West Virginia I, team that kicked uh, Oklahoma's butt in the Fiesta Bowl. They were gonna they were gonna play <laughs> oh gosh. they were gonna play for the national championship. They lost to a horrible pit team on their home field. Yeah, like a cost 10 them, nine football game. Yeah, or it cost like them a, a chance to play for the national championship. Things can happen. Uh, and Vegas I, Vegas apparently likes UCF's chances against Oklahoma State Parker. That line kind of jumps out at you, doesn't it? What is the line? It was two and a half. Now it's three. Oh, okay. Interesting. But, a lot so, closer than I would have figured. I think but they're I just, thinking maybe a look past game and coming off a big win. 
Could be interesting. I I just I've seen so many people say that losing to Oklahoma State in Kansas is unacceptable. Well, if ten and two was your expectation, as it was mine, then you tell me what losses along the way would you have considered acceptable? Yeah, that's a good point. But I think probably why people are saying that is also because of the way they lost. You know, with so many chances to win those games that they couldn't take advantage of. All right, we're going to get to your text, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Arnold has a better chance to win out than DG. Stop it. Well, apparently the coaches have no clue what they're doing then. Because, and they love Jackson Arnold. I think if they thought they had a better chance to win with him right now, he'd be in there. He's still young and not tested. I'll trust the coaches on that one. We'll see what you guys think. Going to the text line next here on The Ref. All right, I want to thank uh, Lasher Home Comfort System sponsoring our first hour here on The Ref, 405-579-3113. They'll do great work for you, heating and air needs. You need those taken care of. They will do a tremendous job. Great reputation and business over 16 years in the metro area. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. All right, we're asking you what constitutes what is a good, successful season for you, for the Sooners. Where are you drawing the line? What needs to happen for you to feel like it's been a successful season for the Oklahoma football team? 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We have a lot of texts, a lot of texts that have gone a lot of different directions. Sam in Tulsa, let's start here. He says there are a ton more problems on the offensive side of the ball than putting JFA in can fix. Let's just get through this regular season by winning out, as should happen, then pray we don't get to be a sacrificial lamb for somebody really good during bowl season. The program is progressing, but clearly needs more time and more talent, especially on offense. There you go. Yeah, I, look, I love Jackson Arnold. He's played, you know, in some games this year. Uh, he's got some limited duty. But I don't think that Dylan Gabriel has been the main culprit in this thing, right? I mean, he's still played good, solid football. Like Scary Gary says, realistically speaking, you think DG gives us a better chance to win? Yes, at this point I do. Now, if he goes out and stinks it up and throws a couple picks and the offense is, isn't getting on track, then maybe – I think, all right, give Jackson Arnold a shot. What's your take on that? I, I think, look, Dylan Gabriel threw into double coverage. He also had a touchdown pass dropped. I think a lot of this, in my opinion, has been the play calling and not Dylan Gabriel in certain situations. Again, I, I love Jackson Arnold just like you do. I think he's got an infinitely high ceiling as a quarterback. But the guys that are playing are playing for a reason. And – True freshmen that start and contribute and excel at the quarterback position, man, are few and far between. Very few and very far between. Could Jackson Arnold come in and hold his own? Yes, I do not question that. Would he be an upgrade over Dylan Gabriel? I can do nothing more than speculate. I don't know. Yeah, I'm you're not talking on the about, practice field every you're day. You're talking about in this game. Exactly. I in think this we both moment, feel that, like, that down the road that Jackson Arnold is going to be the better quarterback, you know, as compared to Dylan Gabriel. We feel like he's got a chance to be a superstar, possibly 
you know, a guy who's going to be in the Heisman mix. I mean, look, DG was earlier in the season. The talent level is not questioned. It's the experience of putting that kid in that game, you know, just to start. Mm. Yeah, and again, look, is there an argument to be made that maybe the playbook opens up a little bit more like Slim Brady was saying if Jackson Arnold is your quarterback? Sure. But again, I what I very much dislike is people that want to boil down Oklahoma's struggles to one singular issue and people who say or insinuate that it's as simple as switching the quarterback or switching the OC and boom, all your problems are solved at that point because they're not. They didn't lose to Kansas because of Dylan Gabriel. As another texter pointed out, it's not like Dylan Gabriel was the one who waltzed into Stillwater on Saturday and said, let's call zero designed quarterback runs. Yeah, and look, he had a horrible interception in the Kansas game. No doubt. They still had a chance. They were throwing into the end zone on the last play. He had, uh, you know, he threw that ball into double coverage. He also threw, uh, threw the ball pretty impressively, I think, a lot of the day. Uh, and they didn't make the plays, and they turned it over three times. Oklahoma State turned it over once, right? Was it a one? Yeah, it was one for Oklahoma State. You know, he got the ball snapped to, you know, the Javante Barnes deal, the Andrew Rame snapping it, uh, you know, too soon. The the pick, throwing into double coverage clearly on him. But, I mean, you've got to actually think that Brent Venables, you know, he knows what's going on right now. If they think that Arnold is the better choice right now and they love the kid, then they would put him in there. But you've got a veteran quarterback who's not a superstar but is a good quarterback. His numbers are still really good in the year. That team, you know, looks at him as a leader. It's a drastic change to make. It, number one, it's not going to happen uh, unless he gets injured or really, really struggles in the game Saturday. I mean, I, I respect if you guys feel that way. That's great. That's Look, down the road, I think Jackson Arnold, you know, thank goodness the suitors have them in their, in, in their pocket for the SEC. Ronnie Crimson says, in order to have a successful season, the only game that we can potentially lose is the bowl game. Anything less is bad. I agree. You have to win these final three games. Yeah. Have to win them. Yeah, I'm with you. A listener in the 940 simply says, successful season equals Lebby leaving. Lebby's feeling the brunt of this, no doubt. There are so many reasons why you do not want that. You do not want Jeff Lebby to leave. Trust me. One of the things that people uh, assume here, Parker, in that situation, well, if Lebby leaves, then guess who's leaving? Jackson Arnold's leaving, too. And I don't know that that would necessarily be the case. You're closer to that situation than I am. Do you really want your program establishing and adopting a new offensive system system. in the midst of a transition to the SEC? I'm going to tell you right now, no, you do not. It doesn't matter whether Jackson Arnold is around for it or not. If he were to follow Levy, if he were to stay, it doesn't really matter one way or the other. You do not want to be implementing a new offensive system while you transition from a mediocre to above average football conference, top to bottom in the Big 12, to the elite of the elite right. in the SEC. Well, Trust me. And like, look, I like a lot of what Levy does. I think he's pretty creative. I think he gets too cute at times. He does. And I and also like, think that some of the calls, again, in crucial situations, I'm like, you've got to have another option than that play, in my opinion. Because you're, you're depending on, you know, the – the rub off to happen with Nick Anderson and Drake Stoops. There's some things that need to happen there. I'd rather have a few more options than just Drake Stoops has got to run the route, get to the sticks, 
uh, particularly when you're running that sprint pass to the short side of the field. So, Do you remember <laughs> there were a lot of the same critiques, not all of the same critiques, but a lot of the same critiques towards the end of Muleshoe's tenure at OU, weren't there? Yes, and look, there is not an, an offensive coordinator who's been at the University of Oklahoma who's gotten way unscathed, whether it's Barry Switzer back in the day or Galen Hall or Jim Donnan or Mac Brown or uh, Dick Winder, you know, who else am I? You know, Kevin Dick Wilson. Winder? Yeah. That was a real person? John Blake, yes. Um, and then, uh, you know, whether it's Kevin Wilson or Josh Heupel. I mean, they Josh Heupel won the Sooners a national championship, right? One of the greatest heroes in OU football, and they were all over him. So, look, a lot of this, again, I think with some of the play calling in crucial situations, to me, if they don't work out, of course they're bad plays. But I just didn't like the uh, the design on that play in that situation. I think there are a lot of things that shape the perception of Jeff Lebby for fans in an unconscious sense and I think one of those things is Lebby's unwillingness to explicitly take accountability and take responsibility and kind of I I hate to use the term grovel but I feel like some fans would like to see that from Jeff Lebby they would like to see him acknowledge hey I screwed that up and it doesn't really feel like he has communicated anything along those lines with regard to either the end of the game against Kansas or the end of the game against Oklahoma State. I also think, and I'm in the midst of writing a column about this on OUinsider.com that I'm going to publish later this afternoon, but I also think TCU last year wrecked perspective for a ton of people as to what a rebuild, what a turnaround looks like because – they went undefeated through the regular season and played for a national championship in Sonny Dykes' first season. And as you recall, there were plenty of OU fans on the text line and elsewhere asking last year, hey, why can't that be done at Oklahoma? If it can be done at TCU, why can it be done at Oklahoma? And, well, two things. One, that TCU run, you can play that season 100 times over last year, and they never go 13-2 and two again. Or or fourteen and two or whatever it was, but also the way that you have seen that TCU program regress to the mean this year should tell you all you need to know about how unrealistic it is to expect that that type of turnaround, that type of immediate instant turnaround, is unsustainable. Because it was it was an awesome year, but now TCU fans are ready to fire Sonny Dykes. Not oh, all yeah. of them, some yeah. of them. But you hear you hear TCU fans going, "Sonny Dykes, well, might be time to move on." Clearly, he's not the guy. When they just played for a national championship last year, Michigan Sooner nailed it. Oklahoma fans are not used to what a rebuild is like. No, they're not. No, no they don't like rebuilding at all. And I don't blame them. They've got very high standards. They should. All right, let's break right here. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine Riverwind Casino. Get out and play. And uh, you have one more day to play in the final championship countdown. You could win one of five trips that are given away to the Big 12 championship game, playing on selected game machines. If you've been playing on them, keep playing on them. The awesome games 
gaming machines, the electronic gaming machines out there. They have them designated. You will see the signage around them. Play on those gaming machines. Rack up as many points as you can with your wild card. They're giving away five trips to the Big 12 Championship game in Arlington. Five lucky patrons get to win two tickets each, plus their hotel, airfare, ground transportation, and Riverwind's throwing in $500 cash as well. It's a heck of a promotion. Get out and play at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Coming right back here in the ref. Yes, sir. It is Wednesday. You guys are killing it on the text line. We're trying to get as many as we can. Somebody was very angry the other day. Man, I sent a text in like three times. Said I'm trying. I'm trying, man. I mean, we. It's just like getting a text and responding to it. If you're getting uh, about fifty texts every uh, three to five minutes if not more than that, and you're trying to respond to them all, it's difficult. We're trying, though. Keep sending them if we haven't responded to yours on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439 is the number. All right, uh, quick recruiting visits this weekend. EPL, Grant Bricks, Williams, Winery. What do we know? Bricks will be in town. Okay. Where's EPL? Are you laughing at that? Not feeling That is not a laughing matter. Yeah, not not feeling great about that one. Right not now. feeling not good. Not feeling like that visit ends up happening. Who has wormed their way in there? You want to take a guess? UCF? No, actually. Um Is it going to make me angry? No, it won't make you angry, I don't think. Okay. I don't know. Who is it? Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, okay. Uh, so the word word is he may visit Oregon. Are you still point. is he still an Oklahoma lean in your opinion I, or is that changing? I would not consider him an Oklahoma lean at this point. Okay. Just going to file him away in that rotten bastard file. Put it in the file. There you go. Uh Kobe Black uh, I still need to confirm that one, one way or the other, whether he's coming or not. But uh, I, I th- that is never one that I have counted on. What about Winery? What about him, Steely? Is he coming? I do not know yet. I would again. I would not count on it. I would say be pleasantly surprised if he ends up. In- I would imagine that Eli Drinkwitz has him in a room where he can't leave like Turner Gill maybe that or like what they did with Raymond Reddington at the start of the blacklist you know they just kept him in that weird cell you can't escape maybe that's what they're doing with Winery because they do not want him visiting Oklahoma but we'll see any other big names 2025 or Fine. This is it, man. You're not coming in on a Friday after Thanksgiving for the TCU game at 11 a.m., right? Yeah, Michael Fasusi's going to be in town. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, James Nest is flying in. It'll be his first game day at OU. He's committed, Parker. Oh, you don't care about Nest coming in here. He's already done deal. Yeah, I need to uh, – 
I got to reference my visitor list once again. But yeah, there will be some big names in town. And you guys will run through that uh, entirely, of course, uh, during locked in at two o'clock. So you get 60 minutes of uh, full recruiting information for you recruiting junkies. Okay, 405 651 3439. Let's hit up the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line again. From, oh boy. From a listener in the 405, turned it on just in time to hear Parker say he would not consider someone in Oklahoma lean. Who was that in reference to? Eddie Pierre-Louis. And there is growing doubt that that visit ends up happening this weekend. So uh, that bizarre recruitment drones on. Uh, Joe from the 405 asks, what's going on with Jaron Kanick? Is he hurt? No, he just hasn't been good lately. He's a great athlete who looks like he has a tendency to get lost out there at times. Another 405 listener. I hear all the levy bashing, and I agree. He has made a few rookie-type mistakes at crunch time, but the bottom line is a lot of this is on players to step up and execute. O-line has made critical mistakes as well as backs and receivers. Big-time players make OCs look brilliant. Yeah, and look, I think that sometimes – Remember what we were saying about Walter Rouse after the Texas game? That guy blocked two men on the touchdown pass. That was unbelievable, you know? And it was unbelievable. He did a great job. For the most part, Walter Rouse is, uh, has been a good player for OU. But last week, he holds his block a little bit longer on a play where Dylan Gabriel gets sacked with one guy blocking one guy. If he can hold him off another half second or a second, Dylan Gabriel's got a touchdown pass right there for Austin Stogner. So sometimes, again, it's just about making those plays in crucial situations, and the Sooners haven't done it the last two weeks. They were remarkable against Texas. When they had to make big plays, they did. They haven't done it the last two weeks. We have a manifesto from Chapstick. The Chapstick Manifesto. He says, this may be a bit long, but necessary. One, there is a contingent of OU fans that never believed Levy should have been hired because of his connection to Baylor and rumored knowledge of at least one incident. This plays into Parker's lack of fault acceptance. Anyone can do pretty much anything so long as they apologize, mean it, and make corrections. Two, almost every game under BB has been highly entertaining. Even most losses were close enough that they brought the highs and lows. What else does everyone want? It's sports entertainment. Every team but one per league will end their season with some level of disappointment. Three, Pending no really bad losses, OU will be a top 25 team and possibly a top 20 team at the end of the season. We started at 18. Our Vegas over-under was 9.5 wins. We go 3-1 and one or 2-2 two and two the remainder. We finish within half a game of that number. If this occurs, the season ends as expected at the start. Everyone needs to relax. And that is the Chapstick uh, Manifesto uh, sent in from his cabin in Montana. Well, no, Chapstick's in Florida, so he's got a villa in Florida. You know, and the thing is, like I said, we both said 10-2 and two at the start of the season. So, to me, you've got to get to 10 wins. 100%, you have to get to 10 wins. And if that's a bowl game thrown in, um, as we said, we both set the floor with the regular season should be 9-3 and three at worst. Um, you know, some of the games turned out to be a little more difficult than we thought, like this West Virginia game coming up this weekend. So... Wait, who is visiting Oregon that's not an Oklahoma <laughs> lean anymore? That would be Eddie 
Pierre Louis. Yes. The word is an Oregon visit is in the works, and he's no longer expected to visit OU this weekend. So, uh, Chapstick says, Chapstick is a mile west of your studio. Florida number was from my time in the military. Yeah, okay. It's from right down the road. There you go, Chapstick. He could have right. come and pinned Hand- the manifesto to the door <laughs> like Martin Luther. Uh, very nice reference, by the way. Okay, 405-651-3439. Let's get one more in before we have to break. Keep those texts rolling in. S. Rob Booman says, Parker seems to be vague and evasive about answering recruiting questions today. Low energy day, where's the Olipop? Well, S. Rob Booman, <laughs> I tend to have less energy about sharing news that isn't great. And obviously the news, the latest news as it pertains to EPL is not great. So, good recruiting news. I, I, I'd love some of it. I think there's a chance you could have some of it with Grant Bricks here pretty soon. But, gosh, this is kind of, this is kind of the lull that I guess is to be expected when you get the overwhelming majority of your class committed by the month of October. Well, and uh, you know what happens? What does the Sooner class look like? It's still really good, but you add EPL, which you don't think is going to happen now, and you added Grant Bricks, then, you know, it's really, really looking good on the O-line. So Grant Bricks' commitment becomes uh, even more important, obviously. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Keep them rolling in. We haven't got – if we haven't gotten to yours yet, we're going to try our very best, I promise. So 405 405- 651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Thunder back in action tonight at the Paycom Center against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They beat the Cavs in game two, 108-105. to SGA had 34. They go to Sacramento Friday and Sunday at the Suns. So the Thunder and the Cavs tonight. Be right back. All right. Sooner... Pre-game on Saturday begins at uh, Yo Pablo with the one and only uh, Parker Thune from noon to two. We'll be at Yo Pablo and Balfour of Norman before the game. Chris Plank will be there two to three at Yo Pablo. Tyler McComas three to five at Yo Pablo. The Balfour unit is going to be uh, T. Row and Teddy Lehman from uh, two to three. I'll be there three to five at Balfour of Norman with Jerry and uh, all the good folks over at Balfour. Our post-game show at the legendary O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill after the game with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. All right, 405-651-3439. I saw something today I haven't seen in a long time. A newspaper. They're still out there. An honest-to-goodness newspaper? I picked up a newspaper. It was out there on the front desk. I was like, what? Man, as a kid, all I did was read the sports page in the newspaper. Well, not a bunch of the rest of the news. I, I, I know, man. I did but, the same thing. I mean, you devoured the sports pages, right? Transcripts, Daily Oklahoman. Even back in the day, the Oklahoma Journal, then USA Today came out, you know. But, uh, yeah, I was just there, – there was an actual newspaper that I saw. We didn't get the newspaper growing up. So whenever we had a neighbor out of town, mm-hmm. I always looked forward to it because what did you I live in squalor there or something? It made it sound like you were eating like you know ramen noodles there. We couldn't afford the newspapers; we had to steal it. Yeah, no, 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 we didn't. Yeah. 
We could have afforded it. We just never yeah. got one. My parents weren't news people, but I loved the sports page. And so every time we had a neighbor out of town, I would it, – it, it would be an eye-opening day for me because mm-hmm. I would get a sports page. Yeah. All right. Uh, I can still remember the days like when you had a fantasy football team. You had no idea who scored. None until like ESPN NFL primetime came on. And then you might they get They played fantasy football back in those they days? They did, way back in the day. And we'd Dang, be like, you're old. And we, we waited for Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. That, and then you still wouldn't get every score. So you'd have to look in a freaking newspaper the next day. Can you believe that? Newspapers, though, I'm, I miss newspapers. It's sad. Technology is going to wipe out our society eventually. When they write the history of the earth, they will say, man, you know, those iPhones, they started out really (laughs) cool. And then they eventually destroyed the society. Technology did. How long do societies typically last? A good question. I don't know. How long do empires typically last? Well, the Roman Empire fell, you know. The The fall of the American Empire is going to be technology? Is that your theory? I have always said the AI robots will eventually take over the world and destroy it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it, I don't know, maybe 100 years. So, anyway. Uh, we have a texture from the 918. Okay. Uh, by the name of Eric, who says, really enjoy listening to you guys. I'm an Oklahoma State guy, but I also want OU to do well. Helps the state and keeps most of my friends in a good mood. Really hope you guys finish strong. See, Eric is a level-headed, very nice individual we need more of those people out there congratulations to the cowboys all right eric i know that that was a very special day for you now i still think i'm not going to say anything but eric thank you very much uh 405-651-3439 all right scary gary still wants jackson arnold in there why not give arnold a drive or two uh what do we have to lose Look, you somebody don't was asking rotate me. Take quarterbacks. Do you want to see Jackson Arnold? Somebody asked me, and I said yes. In the game with the Sooners up three touchdowns, you know, with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, or something like that, I'd be fine with that. I mean, I don't know, guys. I know he's super talented, but Dylan Gabriel has not been the biggest issue. It's been the whole offense and the play calling. And yes, he's had some bad picks the last couple of weeks. But, again, you're asking a lot of a true freshman in that situation. And I think the kid's going to be a superstar. Just my opinion. Do you think we'll see Jackson Arnold Saturday, Parker? No, I do not. Okay. Unless it's in a short yardage situation. Because that's the one scenario in which they've used him pretty regularly this year. Are we going to see Danny Stutzman Saturday? That really is the question we should I be believe asking. So. Good. I believe you will see Danny Stutzman. They need that dude. For him not to be a Butka semifinalist is an absolute joke. How does that happen? I mean, the dude has been fantastic. It's probably orchestrated by by uh, Brett Yormark. You think so? Oh, yeah. There's a conspiracy going on. Remember about Mike Gundy's eyebrows? They were communicating in Morse code last weekend. So, anyway. <laughs> Somebody said, why not hire Art <laughs> Bryles? What do we have to lose? Oh, boy. <laughs> Imagine one of us saying that. Imagine yeah. me coming on the radio and going, well, folks, oh, man. I have an idea. Why doesn't the University of Oklahoma hire Art Bryles? 
Is Kip Lewis going to start this weekend? He should. Canick is not healthy, by the way, uh, according to the 316. Uh, is he not? That's an interesting text. Hmm. He says, Canick is not healthy. Parker and everyone else is praising him for leading the team in tackles. Well, he never led the team in tackles. It's always been Danny Stutzman this year. He did in like a game, right? The he one did. He did, led yeah. him in tackles in the Texas game, yeah. actually. He says, now he is not as good as Kip Lewis. The difference between the two is that the coaches just allow Kip to go play. Canick is overcoached, and he is thinking too much. I There may be some truth to that. But they're playing the same position, right? Yes. But, but So how's one overcoached and one isn't overcoached? Because, and I, this has kind of been the case from the beginning, Steely. Brent has coached Canick really hard really hard and i think it's because if you know brent you know that he coat he is the hardest on the guys that he believes can be the best i'm sure teddy layman will attest to that i'm sure james skalski will attest to that and so for jaron canick think especially with him being a kansas guy right and his relationship with venables going back to the days in which canick was committed to clemson i think it's only natural that Venables is pushing Canick a little bit harder than everybody else because he knows with his athletic upside, with his God-given physical gifts, that he has the opportunity to be one of the best linebackers that the University of Oklahoma has seen. But right now, you're not seeing it. Not these last few weeks. He does look like he's thinking a lot. You know, he's like, where am I supposed to be? Okay, you know, he's got a million. It looks like he's got a million things he's processing going through his head. Kip Lewis just going to the football, man. It looks like. Kip Lewis has really, really been impressive, man. That kid likes contact, too. All right, we got to get out of here for hour number one. Keep those texts rolling in. You guys, again, great job. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Also want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems for our first hour sponsorship, as always, 405-579-3113. And, of course, the one and only Riverwind Casino. Get out there and play with your wild card, win cash and bonus play, and more at Riverwind. All right, we got another hour to talk to you on this Wednesday. Good to have you with us here on a Wednesday on The Ref. Mike Steely Parker Thune with you. And uh, once again, our pregame show for the Sooners and West Virginia begins Saturday at noon. We'll be at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner and we'll be at Balfour of Norman. Then after the game, we'll be at uh, O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill. So we hope you'll uh, join us for pregame festivities beginning at noon again on Saturday. Are you ready? Have you got uh, you got your guys ready for Saturday? Martin Chase? Still working on the guest list. It will be star-studded as always. I expect a Martin Chase appearance. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I would hope so. All right. 405-651-3439. Dylan Gabriel. Um, obviously, the Sooners are frustrated. You know, I saw the uh, college football playoff rankings, obviously. Uh, the Sooners were 17th. Texas was 7th. Oklahoma State in at 15. KU at 16. Oklahoma 17. K-State 25. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State in the top four. Do you pay much attention to the college football playoff rankings? At this point in the year, no. It is a vehicle to sell advertising. 
That's and really what it is. The pull that matters is the last one. That's right. So I really, you know, these people on the, the national shows who debate this stuff, at, I mean, it, it just drives me insane. It Let it play out. It's going to play out. Um, it's just kind of like the Big 12 race. The Sooners, again, I know some people want to say, put Jackson Arnold in there. The Sooners still have a shot to get to Arlington. And it's not one that is a pie-in-the-sky kind of shot. You've got to win three games, clearly, and have some help. But as we said, there have been plenty of times where you think you've got it figured out. And even when you, you look at the whether it was the BCS rankings back in the day or the college football playoff rankings, the one year again, yeah, West Virginia's in great shape, man. That's a really good team. And then they lose to Pitt at home, a horrible Pittsburgh team in the backyard brawl. They end up playing in the Fiesta Bowl and, you know, destroying Oklahoma out in Phoenix that night. So just when you think you have it figured out, you don't have it figured out. So we'll see what happens coming up this weekend. Okay, 405-651-3439. We're going back to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here in just a second. Let's hear from Dylan Gabriel talking about the issues that have plagued the Sooner offense. Uh, has it been focus, concentration? What has it been? Here's what DG had to say. I don't think it's losing focus. I, I just think, um, you know, things don't go our way. We don't execute. Um, and we just didn't make enough plays. You know, we didn't. That's the, the end of the story. I think all these guys want it. I think all these guys, you know, care and are focused. It's just um, it's college football, you know, and you gotta you got to be very detailed. It's all the little things, and if you don't uh, take advantage of those, you know, it'll, it'll cost you. So I think uh, that's what happened, you know, those past two, and we got to get back to, to being really good at the details and executing at a high level. There you go. Dylan Gabriel talking about the Sooners and the uh, issues on offense. 405-651-3439. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get there and see what the uh, members of the Rep Army have to say. Scary Gary says, just throw James Skalski in Danny's jersey. They'll never know the difference. <laughs> They'll be like, why is Danny Stutzman four inches shorter? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Tommy Walker still banged up. Peyton Bowen still, you know, not 100%. The Sooners are uh, – and, look, most college football teams have a lot of injury situations, bumps and bruises, and tough stuff they're dealing with right now. Oklahoma's not immune to that, but no college football team is. But, man, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, this weekend. Gentry Williams again. What are we thinking on Gentry Williams, Parker? Sounds like he's going to play too. Yeah. Which is good because he looked like he was in a lot of pain last Saturday. And Brent Venables kind of downplayed it after the game. I kind of thought that's exactly what it was, was Venables downplaying it. But uh, he said that Gentry Williams was set to practice yesterday in his press conference. And so you have to – you would assume that if he's practicing, he's going to play Saturday. Now, how much he plays, I don't know. Maybe they're a little bit – Maybe they just lighten his load a little bit if he is not 100%. But it does seem like Gentry Williams is going to play, which is good because the drop-off from him to any other cornerback there is wide. Doug in T-Town says, how about OU brings in Satan's right-hand man next year, Cliff Kingsbury? I, I, I don't know, Parker. What are the odds that Jeff Levy's back next year? 95%? I don't know that I would say they are that high. 80%? Where would you go? It's 
If Jeff Levy is not back next year, would it be his decision or? It would. Okay. Meaning that he's got another opportunity or? I believe that will be the case. If he leaves, it will be for a coaching job elsewhere. I I don't think he does himself any favors. He's not a real PR guy. Sometimes... Pat Jones was the master of this when when he was because everybody liked Pat Jones back when he was coaching at Oklahoma State when they started really losing a lot of games and Pat had some really good teams coached two Hall of Famers Barry Sanders Thurman Thomas had some good teams but once they started losing Pat had such a good personality and was so accommodating of everybody that it it, it took some of the criticism off of him and I think he was able to hold on a little longer. Jeff is not – I don't know. It seems like he could get with a PR guy a little bit. And sometimes the the answers are pretty terse. It's kind of like, well, we had the play, dumbass, you know, basically. <laughs> um, you know, and you're not doing yourself any favors with that is all I'm saying. So Brent has answered stuff great. He's cut down his answers, you know, the uh, the long soliloquies that he was going on. And there's still some long sound bites. But Brent, man, he just tells you what he thinks and what, you know, what it's all about, right? Don't you think Brent's improved in that area? He has. I mean, he got re- he was really long-winded when he got to OU. If you got through five questions, that was a good press conference. The dude has so much passion in him, it just flows out. You can't yeah. stop him. But I think they finally said, yeah, we got to shorten these a little bit. But I think, you know, he's... You know, for him to say, look, I know everybody's pissed off. We're pissed off. He explains why things are happening. He's not sidestepping anything. He didn't sidestep the George Stoya question. I saw a few people say that. No, he just said on to West Virginia. Number one, he answered it on his coach's show and also pretty much answered it after he said we're on to West Virginia. So I think Brent has been uh, tremendous. Oh, boy. In that area. This listener from the 918 says, How about if Lebby leaves, we bring in a real smash-mouth offensive coordinator and get rid of this crap Taco Tech air raid? Well, it's more – this is the Art Bryles-Baylor offense, right? Pretty much. In many ways, yes. Um, I'm sure there's some air raid thrown in there, yes. Of course. I mean, the air raid influences everywhere. Right. But this is not the air raid. That Oklahoma is running. Correct. Levy does not come from the air raid. He does not coaching tree. Muleshoe yeah. did. Muleshoe does. That's how Mummy is a disciple of Mike I, Leach. Valdosta State. What Iowa Wesleyan on to Kentucky. Yeah, Dana Holgerson is from there. Now you know who does come from the air raid coaching tree. Interestingly enough, and I'm not sure whether people realize it or not, is Bill Beatenbow. Yeah. Yeah, he Bill does. That's played right. at Iowa Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Uh, Matt Wells is sort of – is he tied to that much just because he was at Texas Tech? No, that was post – Yeah, yeah that, was the, that was post-Leach. Um, there was, another, was there another coach in between Leach and Wells at Texas Tech? I feel like there was. Was there another coach win right after Leach? Between Leach and Wells at Tech. Well, you had uh, – Cliff was there. That's right. It was Cliff. Who else is? Was there anybody else? No, it was Cliff, and then Wells, and so yeah. yeah. No, it, it was just Cliff. Yeah, it was just Cliff. Okay, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Border Sooner says, "Go get Willie Corn. Make him co OC." 
Boy, that's a name for you. Willie Korn. Where is Willie Korn He at? is currently the offensive coordinator at my wife's alma mater, Liberty University. Really? Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Hmm. You could play some corn uh, music. <laughs> you could. You know. It's spelled the same way. That's right. Corn with a K. Tommy Tuberville was a tech, tech too. Yeah, after that's right. After Leach, Tuberville. Because oh, tech, tech, see, that's who I was forgetting. Tommy tech, Tuberville. Tech came to Norman with Seth freaking Daigie, right? Was it Seth or Jared Daigie? It was Seth Daigie. And beat Oklahoma that night. Tommy Tuberville, what a hillbilly he is. Jeez. <laughs> Scary Gary says, we bullied Ted Roof out of the three-man front. We just got to keep pushing <laughs> Levy into not being a moron and stick to the basics, and his offense is fine. So bullying works in that listener's opinion. Do you really think Ted Roof got bullied out of the three-man front? No, I don't think so. I mean, so. the guy was a really good linebacker at Georgia Tech. I don't think you can bully Ted Roof. You know, you may see the glasses and everything, but you know what? In response it's to tough the guy. smash mouth offensive coordinator text, Chapstick said, yeah, let's bring in a younger Brian Ferentz. Everyone loves that style of offense. Come on, people. Brian Ferentz will be looking for work this offseason. Yeah. A little nepotism is very dangerous, correct? Seth Luttrell is on the staff and could take over. Yeah, I think a lot of people, if that happened, would be in favor of Seth Luttrell. I don't think that would be – look, people always want to reach for the stars and, you know, go get the guy at Washington or whatever. But Seth Luttrell, I think – if that happened, would be a guy that would be a pretty popular choice. Don't you think? I would think so, with him being an alumnus, an Oki, and a guy that's been successful as an assistant and as a head coach. I thought it was surprising when North Texas ran him off. But he's one of those he's one of those guys that's very obviously overqualified for what he's doing right now at Oklahoma. He right? won a lot for a while at North Texas and then this raised the bar and then when they didn't reach the bar they said goodbye but he overall he did a pretty darn good job there so uh 405-651-3439 oh sooner man says tuberville is not a hillbilly he's a united states senator there are plenty of hillbillies in the senate on both sides oh boy steely's getting political have you ever seen strom thurmond or some of the you know buff colton baba you know Tuberville was a hillbilly before he went into the Senate, too. I can still remember it. You know, it's got some hillbilly in him. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Text Line. we got a break right here. Uh, by the way, uh, Caden McFarland is, com- is coming on with us at 135. Really? Yes, we just got word from his agent, his people, that Caden McFarland will be joining us at 135 today. 405-651-3439, Scary Gary. We bullied the jet suite out of the Oklahoma playbook. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't think we did see a jet sweep last week, did we? We did not see a single jet sweep. Silver and under on jet sweeps the rest of the year. The rest of the year total? Mm-hmm. Ten? Ten and a half? Not, we'll say 9.5. There you go. All right. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans.
Cade McFarland will join us in the next segment. More of your texts on the way, 405-651-3439. If you're in your 40s or older, you're starting to, uh, you know, get closer to your AARP card that you're going to get soon. And you're thinking about, man, the eyes aren't working like they used to. Well, let me tell you how you can improve your vision. Let me introduce you to a simple process called the new LASIK lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent solution to wear, you know, no glasses, like forever. That was not very well put grammatically. But I'm talking about uh, with this new LASIK procedure, again, you're not going to need glasses. And many times when uh, you get your eyes worked on and another surgery, unlike, you know, um, some of the other procedures out there, down the road, you're going to need those glasses, not with lens replacement. can eliminate the need for glasses after your surgery, the best part of the whole deal. You will never require a cataract surgery in the future. Lens replacement with the new LASIK, it's a major leap forward in vision correction. If you're ready to see 2020, check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. Somebody uh, got angry with me on the uh, text line the other day and said, dang, Steely, you're like Mr. Promo now. Well, we have sponsors. Keeps us on the air, and we have a lot of them. So that's a good thing. That means we stay on the air for a long time. We were supposed to go away, right? Aren't we supposed to go away, not be here for a while? That's what I, I heard. I see 9 million texts on the text line right now. So I guess we're not going away. So anyway. All right. 405-651-3439. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. This listener in the 918 says, People need to lay off Levy. Every OC calls plays that sometimes don't work. Also, you have to call plays that fit with your personnel. What if we had an OC that people didn't gripe about? If there needs to be a change, BV knows more about football than any of us, and he'll deal with it. There's no bigger Sooner fan than me, but I know what it's like to have a head coach who had no clue. We are definitely not in that situation now. I think that's pretty uh, well thought out right there. A 405 listener says, the same guy that changed his profile photo to one including the father-in-law would run a jet sweep on the first play just to show us fans his rear end. I don't think Jeff Levy would do that. Well, if he would have done it, he would have done it in Stillwater, right? Exactly. So like if he were that if he were that flippant about it, he would have done it in Stillwater. Softball Steve says Levy is still green, too cautious with his play calling. Let DG change the play at the line when Levy's call ain't working. Why not? I like that. Dylan Gabriel's played college football for a He's long, a five long year time. starter at this point. Yeah. Vinny Paul says to Mike's point about the standoffish approach for Levy, doesn't he seem like the guy? that would eventually say, well, hell, since you guys know so much about football, why don't you call the offense? <laughs> Maybe. That's in a reference uh Vinnie Paul going way back to the uh, post-game show with uh, Joe Dickinson. Joe, if you're out there, I, I thought it was a great response, by the way. I, but it was the, the questions where I got three questions for Ch- Coach Joe Dickinson. Number one, what? Uh, what in the hell kind of offense are we running out there? Number two, how much they paying you to do that? Sorry, but job. And number three, where are you going to be coaching next year? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> and Joe Dickinson, you know, really good dude, but he kind of had a voice. Hey, guy, 
you know, like that. Uh-huh. Tell you what, guy, if you if, why don't you come out here and say that to my face? You think you can run the offense? Why don't you come down here and try? But that was the dude's three questions, and Joe Dickinson was ready to kick his ass, <laughs> which as he should have been. Sooner Steve from Tulsa says Sam Bradford is our new OC. Oh gosh, you, I, Sam tell- Bradford doesn't need that headache, man. Gosh, and I told you and first uh, he's not coordinating anything except like golf games and yachts right now, right? And I told you this last week, but I got a DM from a fan who was like, "You think Bob Stoops would come back and be the offensive coordinator?" <laughs> and then their follow up was. Man, you know what would be great is if Baker just retired and came back to be the OC. I mean, like some of you people, people, come on. This is not Fantasy Island we're talking about. Bob Stoops is living his best life right now. The dude has become a media sensation. Uh, you know, he is doing – you talk about a guy whose life planned it worked out great. I mean, Drake is a one of the most respected Sooner players we've had around here in a long time. And uh, Bob came back, you know, what he did for the program and freaking mule shoe went out to Hollywood. He uh, he kept it afloat, thought he was the voice that everybody needed to hear from. But Bob Stoops, man, playing golf, hanging with Toby Keith, doing all his media stuff and doing a great job, getting great guests and uh, seems to be having a great time. He doesn't need that headache. I think he keeps his hand in football right now. By what? What is it? The USFL is that it? Yeah. Uh, the XFL. XFL. Yeah, that gives him enough football that probably is all he needs. Gosh, everybody texting all these. Questions, Everybody's like, replacing the offensive coordinator. I know. Everybody's like the preface of seemingly every other question is if Lebby leaves. Look, folks. Jeff Lebby is your offensive coordinator at the University of Oklahoma right now. I believe there is a greater than 50% chance that he is your offensive coordinator next season as well. So buckle down, and you don't necessarily have to love it, but get used to it. Yeah, I'm with you. 405-651-3439. What else do we have? From the 918, those comments show most fans think anyone can be an OC, which is ridiculous. Fans are going to fan, and you know what? Here's the deal. I like this stuff because, again, it shows you the passion for OU football. And, you know, there's some crazy comments out there. Yes. But we like them on the text line. Uh, Some of them are pretty outrageous. Again, they're just frustrated fans. And, again, if you don't have any texts or if you don't have any butts in the seats – you don't have a blue blood football program. And OU has one. And that's why, like I said, ever since I've been doing this, there hasn't been a single coordinator that's gotten away unscathed. Or head coach. This listener in the 918 says, please close the text line. It's killing me hearing how incredibly ignorant our Sooner fans are. Shockingly dumb. No comment. I think they're, you know, people Thought are, about that one for a second. Here's the deal. Enough. People are passionate, and they want a some kind of a change to happen now. There's this feeling that, man, if they just put Jackson Arnold in there, 
you know, they're going to score 65 points a game. Well, and a great point from South Texas Sooner. Take away the two drops, the false starts, the two bad snaps, OU wins the game. Jeff Levy has nothing to do with any of those. Somebody that I want to says, what about the chicken that played tic-tac-toe at the fair? What? That for, one... for OC. Oh, okay. Jeez. That one went right over my head. Right uh, over it. Somebody said, ooh, I know, get Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss, he would have the uh, Waffle House menu. Who else had the wa- – Mark Mangino had the Waffle House menu. Charlie the Weiss. The actual Waffle House menu? No, just the – you know, it looked like the Waffle like, Are you sure giant, it wasn't the actual Waffle it, House well, it menu? It might have been. It might have been. You sure Charlie Weiss wasn't ordering Waffle House mid-game? I would take Mark Mangino back right now, man. Mark Mangino, you talk about that dude. I love that dude. Mark Mangino. Greg from Lawton says the low IQ of the text line does shine through sometimes. Florida Sooner says how people are acting about Levy is why Kale Gundy had no interest in calling plays. Kale did a pretty darn good job, didn't he, in the uh, Alamo Bowl? He did had, do a good job. You had Caleb Williams, he, he too. He did have Caleb Williams. But still, I thought it was good. did a really good job. He said job. offensive coordinator suggestion, chat GPT. <laughs> All right, we got a break right here, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet, Texan. Cade McFarland coming up next. Sooners in West Virginia pregame show begins at noon on Saturday. We'll be on Campus Corner at Yo Pablo and at Balfour of Norman. After the game at O'Connell's, we want to see you out there. At all three of those places. Keep it here. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the sports director at Channel 2 in Tulsa. He's also a huge fan of the Fighting Irish. Tough one last week against Clemson. But he's here to talk to you and us, the one, the only, Caden McFarland on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Caden, I appreciate you, my man, coming on with us. Okay, what could be the last bedlam for a long time unless we get one here in about a month in Arlington uh, was crazy. What was your number one? What was the story of uh, bedlam 2023? Well, from the Sooner perspective, it's very different from the Cowboys' perspective, right? And uh, obviously on you know the Channel 2 broadcast, we have to bounce back and forth between the two right the fact that it was the final one you know i thought it would have been obviously fitting for the sooners to win the final one but i mean let's be honest um in terms of the fan base and long term that means more i think to those those folks wearing orange um than you know win number 92 in this rivalry would have meant for the sooner side but you know in terms of where this where this team is you know uh going forward I, I, just, I just don't see reason to panic. You know, I know Bob Stoops never lost two in a row. He never lost games or almost never lost games in this fashion. And there are things to concern yourself with regarding the offense, but there's still a very good chance this team finishes 10-2. and two. At the start of the year, I think almost anybody, even as manageable as the schedule appeared, uh, would have said 10-2 and two is a heck of a year and sign of progress. And they, yeah, I, that's where they are, you know, until – I always go back to the very first Sooners team I laid eyes on was 2008. And there were just NFL guys everywhere, and they looked like it. And this team doesn't look like that. And, and until you look like that, I'm not sure it's 
anybody, regardless of, you know, the logo on the side of your helmet or what the record is, you know, and got to 7-0 and at one point. I, there's no reason in deluding yourselves into thinking a national championship is possible. This was not going to be a national championship team, but it can still be a team that has a very fine season, moves the ball forward, sends this program into the SEC in a good way, but in a good way. How about that? Uh, but they have to finish the season strong and turn some things around and fix a couple of things. They've lost a couple games on the road to good teams, top 25 teams. That happens if you're not elite. And, you know, this Sooners team isn't quite elite. Where do you think that game was won and lost on Saturday, Caden? Because everybody's got a different opinion. There were, gosh, yeah. all kinds of narratives and storylines that came out of that football game. But where do you think, above all else, that game was won and lost? Yeah, it's easy to just point to turnovers, but there's something beneath that. It is, uh, I hate, killer instinct is, is one. When you stop Ollie Gordon on fourth and one twice and don't have more to show for, and then also throw in the Ollie Gordon interception. When, when, you, when your defense does that three times to start a half and you don't have more to show for it than seven points, it's just situational football, right? Like in the big moments, in the high leverage moments, coming up with the right call or the right execution. It was different things at different times. You know, I understand why Jeff Levy is taking the amount of heat he, he's taken since. It's not all him, but it is at least partly him or, or maybe in large measure. But it's just a group of not probably not yet understanding how to win. You know, I, I, because, of, because they did almost everything right with, in that regard against Texas and because they had gotten to 7-0, Maybe some of us thought that they were a little further along in that way than what they actually are. They're, you know, to win games against good teams on the road, you don't only have to be able to move the ball and stop them with some regularity. The Sooners did that on Saturday. But you have to be at your best. You have to be on it in those high-leverage moments. And, I, you know, I would say Oklahoma State was better prepared, better coached for those moments. Like, they – I. I would say this, and this is something I noticed from the very start when Oklahoma State receivers were making some great catches against some pretty sticky coverage from the OU secondary early, and they were using Ollie Gordon to get those one-on-ones. It just felt to me like Oklahoma State had a better idea of, we need to do this, exactly this, if we're going to go beat the Sooners. And I thought the Sooners were just kind of out there playing. You know what I mean? I'm not sure that as a team, collectively, they understood Here's what we need to accomplish to get a win over Oklahoma State on this day. There were quite a few avenues to doing that for Oklahoma, and I just I, it didn't feel like a group that was on task in quite the same way Oklahoma State was. And to me, that's it, here. I don't think that as a second-year head coach, Brent Venables is anywhere near where Bob Stoops was in terms of of that. But that's not to say that he isn't a great coach for this program going forward because of some other strengths that he has. But I, he's got to continue to, to lean into his strengths, which are recruiting and, and improving that defense. But he's also got to keep improving as, as a game manager, as a head coach, because we do see some ways in which, you know, he's, he's not quite elite at, in, in those ways just yet. Cade McFarland with us on the uh... – Riverwind Casino Hotline. Did you get caught up in the fray and all the mess after the game? Were you able to escape unscathed? I was concerned uh, that it would go down that way. I have zero interest at my age. Not that I'm that old, but I'm getting up there. So I volunteered for the up top camera. 
If Oklahoma State wins, if there's going to be a field storming, I'm going to be the guy up top with the snipers. Uh, and so, yeah, I was able to hang out and stick around and get the shot of the you know goalpost actually going down and avoided all of that. And I, I know a couple of media members who, you know, it was a little bit scary. Like one who ended up on his back, that was no good. Uh, and I, I, I think our camera guys were fine and for the most part. It wasn't the most raucous. Uh, field storming you've ever seen, you're the most dangerous looking. Uh, but I do know some of those kids jumping from that nine foot wall ended up needing, you know, to be tended to. So, uh, yeah, it makes it make, any time Oklahoma State wins that game, it makes for a memory in just a different way. We've had some incredible Bedlam games. I hate to see this thing going away, even if it's just for a while. Uh, but any time Oklahoma State wins the thing, it's a party in, in a different way. All right, Caden, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line has demanded that we hold you accountable for touting USC as a preseason college football mm. playoff contender. What have you to say for yourself? <laughs> you, pro- you probably ought to banish me from the show. That take is so bad. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, uh, made a huge mistake, and I, I, I have nothing to say except I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm glad I was wrong. I'm very glad to be wrong and sorry about all of this. Um, you know, I think I – how about how about this hot take that we can I, – I think at halftime in the Rose Bowl or in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl as they were taking on Georgia, I think I tweeted – I haven't deleted it. You can go find it. I think I tweeted that Lincoln Riley was going to win multiple national championships as the head coach at the University of Oklahoma. And I just could not have been more wrong uh, about what he was as a head coach, what he would try to be. I, I get the sense he's on, on this mission to fulfill maybe Mike Leach's great dream of having a completely committed to the air raid guy win a national championship, doing it his way one day. I, I'm going to be very interested to see what he does with this defensive coordinator hire. But then beyond that, regardless of who he hires as defensive coordinator, is he going to change up the way they do things in that program? You know, and I, I'm not going to act like I know exactly what it is. I'm, you're just kind of taking guesses from the outside. But however he structures practice, however he structures the weight training thing, strength training, it, it, it's not good enough. It, it doesn't help a team develop a defense that, that can be truly elite, and I am flabbergasted by how bad that USC defense was this year, that it could actually regress from where it was last year when they brought in some dudes with real talent mm-hmm. from the transfer portal, like guys who could actually play. I, it doesn't make any sense. I, I certainly feel for Alex Grinch. I mean, I know the track record is what it is, and so there's not much that you could actually defend the guy with, but, man, that was a tough spot for him. Uh, for years, I, I, I'm glad he finally – I'm glad the divorce has happened and he can get away from Lincoln Riley, maybe start fresh somewhere, because I, I do see Lincoln Riley as the bigger problem there, more than Alex Grinch. And granted, he's shown us enough that we can say he is not an elite defensive coordinator or probably even a good one. But Lincoln Riley is still the bigger problem. So I am glad to be wrong on uh, the number of national titles Lincoln Riley would win for the Sooners and then also what he would do with uh, the USC Trojans this year. Really glad to be wrong, fellas. Caden, we always appreciate it, my man. Yeah, I, I think that Oregon is going to win uh, very handily oh, coming up this weekend. They're very physical at home. That that could be a lot of fun. That could be a lot of fun. Caden, we'll talk again that, soon. That team could win a national title. Yeah. You bet. Yep. Thanks, Caden. Appreciate it. Caden McFarland joining us. It sounded like the ambulance was coming for him. He's all right, though. Maybe they're, t- they're going to take him away for that USC prediction. 
The ambulance was there in the background. By the way, Riverwind Casino, a lot of things to do, a lot of things happening right now. We have a big show at the Showplace Theater tomorrow night. Aaron Lewis on the Showplace Theater stage. Flatland Cavalry will be there on Friday night. We've got a big show at the Showplace with Justin Moore. November 18th and December, Pete Davidson, the comedian. Yes, SNL's Pete Davidson, Taco Bell, Pete Davidson. Uh, December 3rd at the Showplace Theater, Lee Bryce, December 15th. Ron White on December 30th for two shows. That'll be a lot of fun. And then Midland on New Year's Eve. Uh, we usher in 2024 with Boys to Men at the Showplace Theater, January 12th. Comedian Joe Coy, January 27th. Scotty McCreary in February on the 23rd. Many more big names to come to the Showplace Theater. Don't forget to get out there and uh, take part in the electric winnings promotion happening again. Play with your wild card. Rack up as many points as you can. Be out there Saturday nights and get out to Riverwind Casino and win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play. Plus, veterans, keep in mind, coming up on Saturday, bring your military or veteran ID to the South Promotions booth at the desk there from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be registered for a promotional drawing. The first 200 patrons registered at the Riverwind Showplace Theater between 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. are going to receive 50 entries plus $25 in bonus play and a veteran's hat in the Veterans and Victories promotion. Be out there, veterans. Bring your military or veterans ID to Riverwind, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The promotion's happening. First 200 out there also get the veteran's hat and all the bonus play. Coming right back, keep it here on the home of Sooner fans. Shout-out to Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring our second hour. Family-owned and operated, great customer service reviews. Oklahoma's highest-rated, longest-operating Generac dealer. They are offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations right now at Oklahoma Generator. Check them out at okgen.com. Phone number to call, 405-321-6631. Let's get as many texts in as we can before we get locked in here in about 10 minutes. To the text line we go, 405-651-3439. We've had several first-time texters today. Always love to see that. Uh, from the 918, sounds like Caden said that OSU has an offensive identity and OU doesn't, and that about sums it up. The lack of identity is, is frustrating, and we need to be known for more than just going fast. Yeah, I agree with that. And, I, you know, here's the deal. Yeah, what I, – I don't know. You would describe the Oklahoma football team offensively and defensively as an attacking defense and a maybe a fast – offense is the way to look at it here's the way i look at it it's very very hard to develop an offensive identity unless you go full air raid that's kind of the one caveat here unless you go full air raid it's really hard to develop an offensive identity when you have a very murky backfield picture and that's what oklahoma has tawi walker has been the most consistent but of late he hasn't been healthy and earlier in the season, he wasn't used on a regular basis. I think Oklahoma's – I don't even know what word could be used to describe the way that DeMarco Murray and Jeff Lebby utilized their running backs through the first six, seven games of the season up until Walker's true emergence. But it was almost like a week-to-week type of deal. Okay, whoever practiced the best, they're going to get the majority mm-hmm. of the carries. Yep. and. I think it behooves an offense far more to just commit to a single guy 
and feed him the rock. I feel that's what should have been done with Tawi Walker long ago. And again, I think that contributes to the lack of offensive identity is that you don't have a bell cow back or even a logical approach when it comes to a committee in the backfield. Sawchuck's coming on though, right? He is, and that was good to see. And I still think he's a good player. I, I've seen good stuff from Javante Barnes. It's just been one of those years, you know, for Javante Barnes. Uh, injured, maybe he doesn't practice that well. Maybe it's still, you know, the injury, the foot situation still in the back of his mind. I don't know. But that kid showed that he was a pretty good running back at times last year. It's just been a bizarre year with the running backs. Really bizarre. Jeff from OKC says, I agree with both of you totally. I feel we are still feeling the effects of the con job that Mule Shoe put on this team. BV is building a program of substance this time. We are not a one-hit wonder. We are Oklahoma. There you go, Jeff. Very nice. Very nice. How about Mule Shoe? Play that Mule Shoe clip. This is clearly really? the front runner for the dumbass clip of the week. Oh, I can't wait for this. I think it's, I know which clip this is going to be. Yeah, it uh, just says Mule Shoe lies again, or Lincoln Riley lies again. Did I actually put Lincoln well, Riley in there? What am I doing? All right, here's the other day. I know what the change can look like, and like I said, ironically, Alex was a, a huge part of that. I mean, I watched uh, I watched a, a defense when we took over at, at OU that that was you know not the not the strength of the program, and then I watched in a matter of several months it become the strength of the program um, and the chief reason why you know the last three years the majority of those wins came on the heels of how well we played defensively first of all he's not allowed to mention OU it's the first time I've actually heard him Anymore. say OU I know not allowed to do that not allowed to do that we need the we need the uh, we need a modification of the Will Smith meme Keep my school's name out your <laughs> mouth. Who gets to bitch slap him? <laughs> Who do you want? You get to pick. Jerry Schmidt. Okay, Jerry Schmidt it is. I shouldn't use the B word there, by the way. Who gets to slap him really hard? <laughs> oh. Please play the mule sound. From the 501. Okay, regardless of how big of a lie that is, is that not the biggest middle finger he could have given to Baker, Kyler, Jalen, and Caleb? That was only really applicable to the Alex Grinch era, so Baker and Kyler are kind of out of the picture. But especially Caleb Williams. Like If if I'm Caleb Williams and Mule Shoe says that, I am fuming. I, I would be in his office later that day going, Hey, did you really say that the majority of the games we've won the last three years have come on the strength of the defense? Because I, I know you didn't mean that. Here's the deal. You, I know you, you didn't say that with the straight You face. can't lie. Now, I sometimes I want to still kind of give this guy a break, and then I thought, no, that's too big of a lie. You Look, his good buddy, Alex Grinch, he had to fire him. I'm sure that Mule Shoe probably cried. I bet he did. Nothing wrong with that, actually, in this situation. So maybe he's trying to say, well, you know, what he did at OU. Maybe he's trying to tout his buddy on the way out the door. I don't know. But you can't just make blank up, right? Now, again, there was some progress with Alex Grinch with the defense for a while. And then it started to fizzle away. They weren't physical enough. It was the speed D, um, all of that. But still, you just can't, you know. Basically saying that was the strength of the football team. <laughs> okay, right. 
This is a great point. Joe in Tulsa says Sawchuck averaged 8.3 yards per carry and Ollie averaged 4.3. That's true. Soft. Yeah, you know how many carries those two got? Gavin Sawchuck had 13. Ollie Gordon had 33. Mm-hmm. Well, and you could say, well, hey, uh, Sawchuck, you know, all most of that came on in that 65-yard run or whatever. But still, I mean, it's a 65-yard run. They blocked it up. He's got good speed and took it to the house. With regard to Mule Shoe. A 918 listener says the defense was the strength for six games in three years, and that was the COVID year. Yeah. Speed D versus Speed O. Who you got and why? It's very interesting uh, dilemma right there. Debate. Okay, we got to get out of here. We're going to wake uh, make way for uh, Tyler to jump in here and get locked in with Tyler and Parker talking recruiting and uh, a little more Sooner football, but a lot of recruiting, of course during uh, the next hour right here on The Ref. Our pregame show again begins at noon on Saturday at Yo Pablo with the one and only Parker Thune and a a bunch of guests. I, I, Martin Chase will probably be on the phone, will be my guess. And we want to see you on Campus Corner at Yo Pablo, Balfour of Norman, after the game at O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill. Two legendary spots and one becoming legendary. Yo, Pablo, Balfour and O'Connell's already legends. See you Saturday on Campus Corner. Have a great Wednesday.